0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. All right, look, we've talked a lot about marketing, we've talked about a lot of different things, lead generation, you name it we've never really gotten into email marketing. Now, with that, how many emails do you get a day that go straight into your into your junk folder? Do you delete, unsubscribe from or preferably not even open on many days? For me, folks, it's a lot. And those are people trying to engage in email marketing and honestly, they suck at it cuz everything I just mentioned is not the desired action that they're looking for when they send. So I have brought in someone to talk about that today. Now, before we get too far in, I want to let you know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Here to have a conversation about email marketing with me today is Matt Rouse. Matt's the managing partner of Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Scroll down to the show notes And click the link for HookSEO.com, enter it in your browser, do something so we can talk about this and you can learn more. Anyway, Matt, I love your name. Welcome (laughs) to Startup Hustle.
1: I love your name too. It's fantastic. I'm so glad to be on the show today.
0: I appreciate it. Now, before we, before we dive into this topic, which, by the way, I've got some very passionate comments about, uh, I'm sure. Uh, get, let's, let's get a little bit of your backstory, like what you guys do at Hook and what kind of brought you to this. And I don't know, just hear more about, about you.
1: I started way, way, way back in the bulletin board system days, which a lot of people may not know what a bulletin board system is, but that was when you dial up to a multi-line phone line system with a phone modem way, way back in like the 80s. And then it was Usenet. And then it was things like GenieNet and CompuServe and AOL had started to come around. And, and then through to, I worked for a large cable provider in Canada and I, I actually built part of their original intranet uh, back when, you know, programming for websites, there was only 106 different codes you could use in HTML And then that got into building websites for companies as companies started to move online. Um, Eventually, with that experience, I moved from Canada to the United States uh, to work for Intel. Uh, I worked for an Intel marketing group. And then uh, as an IT kind of information uh, technology and information services contractor, I went back and forth between Intel and Nike and a few other large local organizations where I am now, which is just outside of Portland, Oregon. And on the side that entire time, we were building websites for companies, learning how to do optimization for them, how to do email marketing, how to help them get found in search. And eventually that led to my business partner and I merging our kind of side businesses into the company that we have now. And we did that about six years ago. So we've been working on websites since there was websites.
0: You know, well, thanks for making me feel old too (laughs) because I just remembered like be, being almost done with high school and seeing the internet for the first time. So yeah, kind of been around now, you know, so much of this stuff and, and you can confirm and it, so in my book, Million Dollar Bedroom, I talk about a little of this, especially SEO, like even 10 years ago, it was the wild West, you know, and, and the things that you could get away with, uh, and, uh, I mean, well, so much of it for everything from SEO to any types of email marketing, all of it. Um. Well, the, to say that there most of those things are strictly forbidden now is a fair statement. Um, SEO is tough because you know Google changed the rules on you in a heartbeat, and you go from being first to worst. And yeah, I've experienced it. I uh, was killing it with some websites and uh, got a real, real nasty Google penalty—the kind you don't come back from—and got to feel that heartache now. Um, you know, some of that stuff's become more sophisticated. And I know we're going to talk about email marketing, but that's been the same. It's followed the same path. Like, you you know, uh, the, the systems and the servers and everything, they're really set up to avoid spam and do a lot of stuff. So, I mean, when it comes to, um, successful email marketing. I mean, where do you want to start? Like, do you want to start? I mean, there's. Well, or should we start with some of the things you shouldn't do, or some of the things you should do?
1: You know, there's things with SEO and email that are that are very similar. And the biggest problem with both is that the internet is full of garbage. There is crap everywhere. There's terrible, terrible emails. You got to think like Google's only even indexing less than ten percent of what's actually on the internet. Ninety percent of it is either stuff that, for some reason, Google doesn't want to index, which, I mean, depending upon how much you're into the conspiracy side of things, you know, might be information that they don't want the public to see, but the rest of it is pretty much garbage. Um, And you can just open your inbox and you can see crap all day long, every day, right? People are sending garbage constantly. They're writing uh, from an SEO standpoint, people are writing blogs and stuff on their website that no one reads. And just like there's all of this content being created that is basically worthless. And talking about the Wild West of SEO, the the Wild West of SEO is kind of making a resurgence right now. Um, and I think it's come to a couple uh, a couple big factors. One of them is Google has kind of made a shift over the last five years or so from like they, they had that kind of do no harm kind of mindset. And now it's like, whatever we can do to get more advertising mindset. So they've kind of let things lapse on the side of caring about the business person. Honestly, um, I don't want to get you uh, you know, another Google penalty or anything, <laughs> but um things are coming back in, in in the wild west of SEO if you want to talk about that briefly first um so a good example well i mean some of
0: that, some of that's connected cuz I, I think some people don't realize you can salt your domain with with bad email marketing like you can really kind of taint your like if you're firing off like a gazillion bad maybe basically if you're spamming I mean, Google—they're smart. They know what they're doing. They put stuff together, and you know, like you like you were talking about, the internet is full of garbage. And really, a search engine's job and why Google grew quickly was they did a good job of showing a visitor relative rel- uh, like relevant content and not just like certain things. And they have filtered out like a lot of the the garbage tactics that put some people to the top. But, but yeah, I mean, the email marketing, I mean, the, it, like for example, at full scale, I mean, we use Google suite and right. occasionally we have an employee that does something to get alerts. Like you might be spamming. I'm like, what the hell, you know, now they, they know where our website is as part of that. So they can connect the dots there. I mean, is that, is that true?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I don't. So Google has not said that they will use a email blacklisting penalty on a domain as part of the SEO ranking. But I assume that they do. There's a lot of stuff that Google says that they do or says they don't do that they actually, you know, do or don't do. Like, so here's a straight up example of Google telling you one thing and something else is the truth. Okay, so.
0: I mean yeah and I mean some of that is is uh, it, and I'm not an apologist for them but right. some of that is them not wanting to let everything and everybody know how it works cuz right. once people figure out tricks like it's just the, it, it's back to the wild west and the same I mean the same things with email marketing I mean you see these same kind of trends and and you know I'd like to I'd like to talk about that and let's actually start with some of the things that people do that are no good Let's 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 sure. flip on the so, other side of that, and you know what what are what are a couple of things that that are high on your checklist of no nos for email marketing.
1: So for email marketing, probably the biggest thing is companies promising things to people for them to subscribe, and then they just throw that trust in the garbage uh, the second that they need a little bit more revenue, right? So they'll be like, we join our list. We're going to send you interesting comment uh, or in, in, interesting commentary and stories about people using our products or our services. We're going to you know, give you this and we're going to give you that. And then all they do is send buy my stuff emails three times a week for the rest of your life and never give you any of the content that they actually promised you in the first place or that content is garbage. Right. So here's In a large corporation, and I've worked for a lot of corporations specifically doing email marketing for some of those corporations, and this is how the usual system is is designed in a corporate environment. The CMO or the CEO of the company uh, says, wow, Bob is making money off his email list. We should be making money off our email list. I'm going to task this person on our staff with creating an email marketing plan. And that person says, okay, I don't even know anything about email marketing. So um, I watched a constant contact TV commercial on YouTube. So we're going to sign up for constant contact. And instead of looking at any other options or, you know, my friend Karen uses MailChimp, so we're going to use MailChimp too. And that's how they figure out which platform to use. And then they go to each of the department heads in their company and say, I need you to have someone in your company write something for the company newsletter. And then they compile all this stuff from people who don't know anything about marketing, don't know anything about copywriting. They put it in an email and they send it out to people and it's terrible and nobody reads it. So that's generally how um, email marketing is done right now. On from maybe a small business standpoint, if you only have maybe like a one person company or, you know, a handful of people in your company, email marketing is generally an afterthought. It's oh my God, I have to send out the email because I haven't sent it out this month yet or this week or, you know, whatever the timeframe is. Or they're sporadically sending things once in a blue moon or they've sat on a list for two years that they've never even sent anything to. So those are some of the common mistakes that people are making, um, especially when people are starting out. Uh, they don't really know what to do. They don't know what they're supposed to be sending people. And so they'll get a bunch of people on their list and then they never send them anything. And then the people on their list, forget who they are, forget that they signed up. So when you do send them something, they just unsubscribe anyway.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, that you're talking about, you know, any type of value or, you know, added value, value add, however you want to look at it. Um, I mean, honestly, I'm in strong uh, agreement that the newsletter is dead. Like, don't send me your newsletter. I'm not going to read it. I got other shit to do. You know, like, I don't don't care about, uh, you know, some of the other things, too. You know, there are some good newsletters. Sure, and sure. They're, they're but I mean, I million. get I get a lot of them that <laughs> they were unsolicited. I'm like, I don't yeah. care about Sigma Health's uh, newsletter update. I'm first off, I'm not even a, you. I'm not even a client or a customer, and I don't right. care. And then you talk about value added. I think some of the things that were, um, uh, you know, like, all right. How many COVID nineteen policy updates did right. you receive? I was totally from, like, just I ask
1: mean, you that question. It's gonna be like, how yeah. many people, how many companies that you don't even remember ever doing yeah. business with them sent you a thing about COVID that you could not give a shit about?
0: And I, I'm because I'm tired and I'm struggling a little this morning. I forgot the what, what was, was it? Was it GDPA or what was the European GDPR? Compl- GDPR. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. When all of you got within a month, got an email, like I found more places that I needed to unsubscribe, cancel and note and forget about that sent me their GDPR updates based on that. And that's an example of like not adding value. Um, Overall, I think so much of this is won and lost in the subject line. Um, I think if we're talking about things that people do that are, well, either a turnoff, like, I mean, I can spot your junk email by the title. And, um, and then if I do manage to open it, anything like so much stuff feels robotic. I actually saw someone uh, making a post on Facebook that I thought was super clever because you always spot spam, whether it was an email or on things like LinkedIn, the guy would put a little emoji in front of his name. So it'd be like butterfly Matt. So if he got an automated email, it would be like, dear butterfly, Matt, or the same thing. And you would always know that it was a robot. I was like, okay, that's, that's halfway clever. That's not the worst thing. But, you know, he was pointing out that having done that, he realized how much robotic crap he was getting. Now for me, I can spot that from a hundred miles away. I mean, most of it. The funny thing is, is, all right, so I own a company that has uh, about 200 programmers in it, and uh, every day I receive three emails trying to sell me dev services. Right, I'm like, this is the worst. The the so part of that is like, it, have you done any research? Are you just blasting things out in a million different directions? Because I'm not, I'm not your Huckleberry on that one, and. I wonder who is, you know. My company's called Book
1: SEO, and we get ten to twenty SEO emails a day from companies asking us if we want SEO work. Like, I just, I like, obviously, there's no person involved in that system, and who yeah, and many,
0: many are are written in in my native language of English, and they're really poorly written, which is another thing I think a, a big mistake is. You know, you talk about the template or being written by people that don't do marketing stuff. Like if you haven't ever written a template, you don't, you need to understand that certain things change in certain variables and, you know, different stuff. It just looks really, it's just clunky. So, um, you know, another thing is now a no-no and things that'll get you in the spam box and really like in the junk box a lot are things like, well, sending that stuff out and not having a unsubscribe link and not doing things like having a phone number or the location of your business in there. And those are some right. of the basic tenets of email marketing that a lot of these platforms look at. And and honestly, the reason why you'll get a spam notification, because uh, that those right. are some of the things that we look at. Did I leave a couple, did I leave anything
1: out there? Those well, are the basics, right? There's definitely a lot of ways that you could get spam filtered, uh, a lot more than that. And spam filtering is kind of a two-step process nowadays um and i mean you know i know that you guys hire out programmers maybe some people have worked on some of these systems but usually what happens is there is a filtering system that's looking for malicious content is kind of the first filtering level so if you're emailing gmail hotmail rocketmail comcast frontier any of these like large scale email providers they will have a kind of security filtering system in place first and that one also has kind of a spam filtering on it, where it'll take the most common spam and get rid of that altogether. Um, I mean, it's really uncommon nowadays to get that email from, you know, uh, from a Nigerian prince who's going to leave you eighteen point three million dollars of. He sent you know,
0: that to me. I got that, dude. That's how I found right. All my all of my U.S. Startups. dollar pounds. That, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was legit. But Actually, I mean a lot of that all you got you, was you, you I was I replied and he was a nice guy
1: and he paid right prompt. and you got you got all of the money all yeah, of the so all of that, the well, 18 of million US dollar pounds
0: When, when you talk about malicious stuff, like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff like, uh, well, for example, like just certain things that get spammed out, like Viagra and just like Mm -hmm. certain words and phrases that are pretty much a guarantee. Like, I mean, are there, are there some that crossover into usefulness that you're aware of that we might want to avoid? I mean, obviously like, you know, like vulgar terms and certain like pharmaceuticals and things like that, that might be regulated Um. or out there.
1: Yeah, I'm not even really sure that vulgar terms are really cleaned that much um, because companies don't usually- Well,
0: they can be. It's like buy Cialis, buy VI. Yeah, like if it's it's a drug name
1: or something, it's likely, but I mean, if somebody's using like sexual terminology, it's unlikely to get spam filtered because that's stuff that people send to each other, you know, that they email each other commonly. You know, somebody swears at their buddy or tells them a joke or something, right? Um, But I think- the spam filtering system is the first layer to get rid of the really bad stuff. And there's also in that system, there's a spam filtering system in there that is engagement based. And I think that's a big thing that people don't know anything about. So let's talk engagement about engagement. You mean like,
0: like who's actually opening and like replying or clicking or whatever.
1: Yeah. So let's say you're sending a lot of the same email to a lot of people on the same platform. So let's say you're going to send a thousand emails from your list just to Gmail. Then Gmail will look at those emails and say, okay, these are all the same except for the, you know, the first name of the person in the first line or whatever. So we're only going to deliver a hundred of those thousand and we're going to see what happens to those before we make a decision to deliver the rest. And if most of those get deleted or marked as spam, they won't deliver the other 900. They just delete them. So they don't, they don't even go to the spam folder. They're just completely never delivered. So that's for first Yeah, one.
0: you know, it, it, in a world of like AI and machine learning, like doing stuff like that isn't really high technology these days. Yeah. I mean, that's probably pretty easy to pull off, especially if you're any of these companies that can do that.
1: Right. right. And then the other thing is after that, then the next decision is the the mail server itself at, you know, places like Gmail has some more, options than others but then it's usually a, is it going to go into the spam folder or the inbox google there's also like the promotions folder you know so there's more than one folder but it's where does the email get put after you get it does it even make it to your inbox so you got to get past two spam filters also you got to get past black listing and gray listing in case you have some of those issues um so for the first thing is you got to get your email delivered right which is things like DMARC and SPF and and more technical things to make sure that you can send email from your mail provider to their mail provider. That's a complicated one, won't get into it here, but if you need help with that, let me know. All right, once you get past that, now you get it delivered, then you gotta get past the spam filter, right? You gotta get past the second layer of the spam filtering, and then you gotta get it into the inbox. And once you've made that whole journey, you still have to have a subject line and a preview line that's going to get somebody to open it. And then once they open it, you got to get them to read it. And once they read it, you got to get them to click on it. Right. Man,
0: I'm going back to phone calls. I'm going back to phone calls, old fashioned phone calls from a rotary right. phone, man. That's a lot of work to get. But how email do you get somebody no, me, if they have their, but, but keep in mind they got that,
1: their iPhone and they don't get your call. If you're not in their if in their list. Right. It just doesn't show up.
0: True. Now, I mean, that's a whole, no, I can't I mean, get a phone call from
1: Google's Google, my business support can't call me unless I turn off the tracking on my phone because they won't tell me what phone number they're going to call from or what time. So, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but anyway, to get back to the email part, though, um, the idea that all of these things have to happen to get into the inbox, there is still, you know, an infinite amount of combinations of words and images and stuff you can put into an email that lots of those things are going to get past the spam filter. Right. And that's why you still see a lot of phishing emails and things like that, because they are very similar to real emails that you need to get. That's why they get through. So if you get one and they're getting pretty complicated too, right? Like I got one um, just yesterday, our company got one about Amazon Web Services. You know, we need to update our billing information for Amazon Web Services. Of course, we don't click on that stuff, right? Fun uh, fun fact, just go to the website. If, if somebody has payment stuff and you think it might be real, just type their website into the browser. Don't click the link in the email. I just saved all of you lots of money.
0: What does the click do?
1: Well, if you click on it, it could be a spoofed uh, address. It could be something like, it looks like, www.paypal.com except it's actually www.paypal1.com or something and so you don't notice it and you click it then you type in your information and then they steal all your money. Yeah. Gotcha, um we had gotcha. a client gotcha. who clicked on a link where they had sent a wire transfer payment and one of the computers uh in their office apparently had been compromised. Um, We don't handle their IT security, by the way, just saying, (laughs) but their compromised computer, the people knew that they sent that wire transfer. So they sent them another email and said, oh, your transfer didn't go through and had the actual information for the transfer. You need to send it again. And they sent somebody thirty six thousand dollars. So nice. Yeah. So you got to be careful with that kind of stuff.
0: There was a there was a you talk about just weird, goofy stuff. So um, it, several years ago, there was some guy that basically spammed or just sent out, uh, an invoice for his quote, consultative services, like sent him like, I mean, like literally like hundreds of thousands of places. So many businesses didn't have their shit together that they paid it. And right. the dude literally, and here's the thing is it was, he had set it up in a way that it, it wasn't technically illegal. He had like build them for some kind like hey I've already looked at your website and did something and for that you know here's an invoice for like two hundred bucks and like this dude collected millions of dollars and right. like just because literally people weren't paying attention or that they didn't have the the level of control or that kind of secondary stuff so okay so now we've gone through a few of the things I mean the the gauntlet that you get I did not realize there were that many steps to getting in an inbox, then what are, what are some of the keys and, and, and top advice that you have in regards to actually getting someone to open the email or maybe find it useful or care once they're in there?
1: Right. Well, I'll tell you, there's, there's basically three secrets to email marketing that you never go wrong with. And number one is the secret secret. This is the thing that nobody ever really explains well. And it's really, really simple. And that is you need to create something that your potential customers really, really want. That is something that they value, something that they have to have or that they want to have that they normally would pay money for. You have to create that thing and then you have to send them that thing. And then don't send Let, them let's other give a couple, crap. Let's you give didn't a couple, tell them you were going to send them. A,
0: Well, let's give a couple examples. Like for sure. example, if I, uh, okay. So at, uh, and let me take a shot at this and tell me if I'm right. <clears throat> so if you were on the list for Startup Hustle and we created some kind of content that was only available to be viewed, consumed, or downloaded <clears throat> by those on our mailing list. Is that an example?
1: Yeah. So a good example would be, so let's say it's Startup Hustle. You're generally talking about stuff to help startups, right, and companies. Let's say um, we're going to send you um, email every week that has one tactic that you can use that you can, that you can use to create revenue. Okay. Okay. That means that every week you need to send them a tactic that they can use to create revenue and not something else. Right. Okay. That's where everybody goes wrong. So if you said join the startup hustle and every week I'll send you a tactic that is going to help you make money. And then week three, you send them, Hey, um, buy our new hats, you know, they're $19.95 at our cafe press store or something, right? That's not what you told them you would send them, right? Yeah. Now, it's okay if you send them what you said you would send them and said, if you're also interested in getting a hat, we have some, you know, here's where you can get them. That's fine, right? But you have to tell them, you have to offer them something that they want, and then you have to send that thing to them. Okay, and then secret yeah, number mean- two...
0: Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Number two,
1: a, if you have a question, I'm, I'm good with it. Number two is you gotta have a clean well list.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll wait till the end. All right, a clean list.
1: A clean list. That means do not hide the unsubscribe link in tiny, tiny six point font in the bottom of the footer, the same shade as the background, just to try and hide it so people won't unsubscribe. If people don't want to be on your so list, no, no white, want no on
0: white font on, on white back. No right. white, no white on white. On
1: white no ghosting, none of that BS. You know what? There's there's a list. Um, crap, the guy's name escapes me right now, but it's fantastic. He's got an unsubscribe button that takes up almost the whole screen. And it's just <laughs> giant, right? And it's got him pointing at it. and Like, unsubscribe if you don't want this newsletter. And I'll tell you why. There's two good reasons why. Number one, the people who would have unsubscribed but don't because they couldn't find the link are just going to mark it as spam. And now more of your emails are going to get fired into the spam folder because of what I said earlier, right? It's based on engagement. So you're going to get spam filtered. Other people are going to get your emails into their spam filter because the people who you didn't let unsubscribe. And number two is the people that you want to unsubscribe. You have to pay for them, right? You pay by how many subscribers you have on pretty much every email platform there is. So you're paying to send emails to people who don't want them. Right. So you want right. clean? Th-
0: I mean, and that's point, and that's pointless. And right. I mean, really, it's just kind of no. And, and honestly, if I was your brand consultant, I'd say that continuing to do that. Not uh, when I find something, like okay, first off, I start every day by deleting like a, a stupid amount of emails. Right, right? Purge. And, I, I, and uh, yeah, and I've you know I run into some that don't have an unsubscribe, and I'll tell you what, like that's brand, that's brand damage, well, like. Down. I'm like, I hate you. Like, I would never buy from you. I would never recommend you. In fact, like, like I, I there's no way that we're ever doing business. And you know what that's we do with that? Because like, it, Tell me,
1: we blacklist them because we have our own yep. mail server. So now yep. everyone no, on I their whole domain it. through their whole company can't send us email. Yeah. So,
0: all right. There's a third secret. Matt, there is a third secret. And I feel okay. like I feel like you're gonna tell it, and I'm gonna my life is gonna be changed. So lay it on
1: me. Well, I'll tell you what, I did email marketing courses in person for six years, and this is kind of the thing that that people look at me kind of like I just showed a dog a card trick. So if people aren't responding to your emails, then your emails are too boring. And people look at me, they're like, people are supposed to reply to my marketing emails? (laughs) Yes. Yes. You want people to reply to your email, right? If you're firing out emails, hoping that nobody writes you back, you have the wrong strategy, okay? Because, and it goes back to this same thing again, because whether an email lands in someone's inbox or not is based on engagement. So if they reply to your email, most email uh, software now, like Outlook and Gmail and all these ones, Uh, They come preset that if you add, if you reply, it'll add that email automatically to your address book and emails in your address book get put into your inbox. So if you want your emails to land in people's inbox, the easiest way is to have them reply to you. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, yeah I, without a doubt. And you know, it's it's funny because I like to keep the brands that, that we own and manage very similar to our own personality styles. And for those of you that listen, or maybe even know me, I'm super upfront and candid. So like, we'll have subject lines that are like titled like blatant sales pitch. Right you know, and
1: just stuff.
0: Well, here's the thing, dude, like we, cause at first we did some stuff and we reached out to people and like, here's the thing is like, it's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta differentiate and, and some of that. And, and, you know, like, here's the thing, I want you to know what's in the email and it's a sales pitch. And if, and now here's the funny thing is like, okay, when we started taking that left field approach and we have some like your keyboard soggy, uh, you know, like, and you open it up and it's like email, email and marketing are so watered down, you know, like, do you feel like your keyboards stretch? I don't know. Like we have a whole bunch of them and our engagement rate and our response rate, like doubled. like the day that we just started being real candid, right. uh, with all that. And, you know, like, and in the body of the email, we're like, Hey, look, I realize you don't need another email about development services. So I'm sorry to add one. But that said, we're a little different and we tell them why and we keep it short. Like I, right. if, I think it, it, with email marketing, if you, if you're like even bordering the too long, didn't read like you're way past it, like get right to the point. We put some things in there, like we own gigabook.com. So here's a link. If you want to talk to me, here it is. Click this. If you want to see an example of a developer, here it is. And if you want to ups- unsubscribe here, this is, and right. you know, that's it. And pretty straight into the point, you know, like I, you're no one's going to read your 500 word email, people like I mean, bang, you know, bang, so bang.
1: I would say before you jump on the don't write long emails train, we've tested this heavily. OK, and for different audiences, different links of, of emails work. And I think what you need to do is test them. The average email that I send to my list is about two pages long. So it's generally over a thousand words. And we get five to six uh, replies every single time we send it every week. Plus on top of that, we have about a 26 to 37% open rate week for week, depending upon what time of year it is. And
0: is that value added content? I mean, are you, is that like, cause that sounds kind of newsletter Matt.
1: It's, uh, we actually write the equivalent of, of a business short story. So it'll be okay. some kind of story that is like a business anecdote that then goes into the tactical information about that thing for the business.
0: However, I like that. I, 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 I could, I could buy into that actually. Like, I mean, meaning like the writing part, like, and some of that is, you know, you talk about that left field approach, one, the number one feedback, We get on this podcast is people say, I love that you're not afraid to talk about failure. So I started asking people why when they reached out and they're like, Well, when someone perceives someone as being successful and they see that that person fails as much as they do, they don't feel like a failure either. So it's not that people want to look at the train wreck and rubberneck on the highway to see the carnage. It's like actually just boosting them up a little bit. It's like, Oh, so this is pretty normal. And you know, some of that stuff, I mean, you don't have to tell tales of sorrow and woe, but be realistic with your approach. Like, here's the thing. If you're a startup founder, guess what, folks? The odds aren't stacked in your favor. Statistics are not working in your favor. It's an uphill climb, you know? All well, right, so you had a comment?
1: Here's a failure email, and and I use this often as an example, And and I don't have the email right in front of me right now, but what I usually do is I take the latest email that I've gotten from a real estate agent or a mortgage lender, And I read it out loud and they are the worst emails to read ever. Yes, They are. Yes, The market has performed up 0.4%, but the average time on market is three days longer than it was in yeah. June. And over June of last year, and then there's a giant graph with like 700 lines on it that nobody knows what it means, you know? And, the whole thing is just terrible. Nobody wants to read it. It doesn't matter if it's shortened to the point. You know that it's automatically been pre-generated by their CRM system and sent to everyone regardless of who they are. And it's not personal. It has no opinion. It has no value really whatsoever. The information probably has a lot of value if you explain it to them, right? So, if you said there there's this graph below, but if you look at the blue line, It shows that houses are selling faster, which means you're more likely to get um, an offer on your house uh, sooner or sell your house for more money now than you could previously. And you say, this is what this means. That's a good email. A bad email is the automatic garbage that gets generated and sent by almost every real estate agent in the world because they're almost all like that and they're almost all terrible.
0: Do you want to know if you're ever lonely? Do you want to know a way to instantly get a bunch of direct messages on any social media platform?
1: Just say you're thinking to sell in your house. <laughs>
0: yeah, say so you. So I'm looking for a realtor, or right, or yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like you're guaranteed. Try test it, test it. People, you know, start a hustle chat on Facebook and let us know how many DMs you got because the over under is a probably six and a half.
1: Yeah, I'd say within within hours. You know, or sometimes minutes. Minutes, like yeah.
0: it's shocking. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's other things too. And you look at like, I mean, and you know, look, these same approaches that, that Matt and I are talking about here. Um, many of them are valid for messaging on social media platforms. Like, I mean, some of these same rules and approaches, like your thousand word email, email, isn't going to fit. And to a LinkedIn message but like there's so much still that same garbage that I get it's so automated. Hey Matt, I see that we have a lot of connections in common. I'd love to add you to my network. Would you be willing to meet over right. a virtual coffee so we can talk about I'm like dude. Like and you get that the moment after like within a second of the connection request I'm like fuck you. Is like literally what I'm thinking and I'm sorry if that sounds vulgar but like it's annoying. No, it's much you know that that's the case. Like
1: I do I'm actually wrote an article to
0: twenty-three article... thousand people on LinkedIn. Yeah, we share a few connections in common. Yeah,
1: I no mean, kidding. Surprise.
0: We're not old bros. We don't need to catch up. We don't need to like make an appointment. We don't need to talk. Like you're gonna need a little different <laughs> no approach kidding. there. So.
1: I actually uh, I wrote an article about that last week on 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 Medium that was and and it was when you you connect with somebody and they immediately send you a message, but you don't have time to read it because, you know, it's Friday or something. And then you leave for the long weekend, and you come back and you've got just more and more like slightly more desperate messages from the same person that the automated system. Well, I guess you didn't read my other four messages, but I thought you would be interested in buying my
0: thing. I wanted to make sure. Are, are you? I, I noticed you haven't had time to reply. Am I talking right. to the right person? Uh, now, by the way, I want to, I want to talk about, I can't get through this episode without my biggest pet peeve. Sure. If you send me an email uh, and your attempt to get me to open it or communicate with you is pretending that you're re- on a reply, like R E colon, right. you have 0% chance of ever doing business with me. And I want you to think about this. If you're taking this approach, it's dumb because you are literally trying to deceive someone as you're opening attempt. And like, it's people do business with brands, service providers and companies that they trust. And that is not the way to establish trust. Like you're literally lying to me and trying to trick me to get me to open your email. And that's not the way you find you build a successful foundation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. You shouldn't be So generally, those are cold emails, right? Like the person has just gone to Headhunter or something and pulled your email and now they're sending it to you. Or they have some automated system that's just sending them to everyone at every domain, you know. Um, There's all kinds of ways people get emails to send. But if you're trying to do that stuff to someone who's subscribed to you, and that's what I was talking earlier about. Companies throwing away the trust of their subscribers is... Immediately, if you are giving people the value that you told them you would give them up front, then you don't have to lie to them. Right. I They're going to want just, to open. Yeah, it I, now. I, yeah.
0: I'm just never going to do business with someone that's immediately trying to deceive right. me. Like there's too many people out there that want to earn my business that are good at what they do that are trustable. And it, and want it, well, like FullScale.io, I got to get my brand mentioned in or I'm going to get in trouble with my marketing people. So, you know, today's episode is sponsored by FullScale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably, and hopefully avoiding a lot of mistakes that, uh, you know, it's it's not about hitting it with the hammer. It's about knowing where to hit it with the hammer many, many times. And, you know, there's this old Thomas Edison story, uh, Niagara Falls Dam, uh, the generator breaks, he shows up, and there's engineers over it, under it, all around it, and they can't get this thing started. He yells at everyone to get away, walks over to the tool, toolbox, picks up this big ball-peen hammer, kind of looks underneath it, winds up and smacks the thing, and it starts right up. Next day, he sends an uh, invoice to the city of Niagara for $10,000 for fixing generator they send it back this could you itemize this have you heard the story before because i love it and he's like could you itemize it and he says okay sure Um, hitting generator with hammer $1 knowing where to hit generator with hammer 9,999 and they pay the invoice, but you know, that's, and that's the thing. And like, if some of this is, is above your pay grade above your interest or above what you want to deal with. I mean, that's where companies like your company helps other companies. Right.
1: Right. And so uh, you know, talking about we were talking about realtors a little bit earlier and and kind of the bad emails and stuff that we get from them. And headshots. Um, Updating right.
0: headshots, realtors. I'm over right. it. No headshots. more. Yeah. If you look if it's 10 years old, come on.
1: That's right. Um, and it, it's not like there's not a million photographers half out of work right now from from COVID, right? So uh you go you can get a headshot in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Um so a lot of the business that we do is actually selling things for companies to real estate agents, right? So they buy like marketing materials and swag and things like that. We work with a lot of those e-commerce brands. And one of the things that we often do is we try, we get them on an email list and they subscribe to the email list and we send them information that's relevant to them building their business. Right. And then, they turn around and then send automated emails out after they unsubscribe to automated emails from other companies. Right. And I, I don't want to pick on realtors. I'm just saying that because we have the experience with it. Most people do this. What they do is they go, you know what? Uh, they, they look at their phone, they check a couple notifications. They open their email, they go delete, 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 delete to all this stuff that, that that's automated crap. Right. And then, The few emails from companies that they actually like that have valuable information for them, they read those and then they go to do their own email marketing and they send a bunch of automated garbage that they would delete themselves. And people have to stop doing that. I mean, I'm, it saves all of us from having garbage in our email that we don't want. Right. If everybody could just do better email marketing.
0: That's a simple exercise in empathy. I mean, I, I we talk about that in our own marketing meetings and our own approach. Like we shouldn't be attempting or doing things that we don't that turn us off. Like I'm way more I'm way more likely to open an email that has a subject line, blatant sales pitch, than I am most of the titles I get. So anyway, that said, you know, we're 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 near the end of this episode of Startup Hustle. Once again, sponsored by fullscale.io. You need a dev team. You need some help with your tech. Give us a call. You need help with SEO, email marketing. We don't do that. So maybe give Matt a call or or a a click. In the show notes, you will find hookseo.com. All right. We end episodes of Startup Hustle with the Founders Freestyle and I'd like to hear your freestyle on some of the best advice you could give any founder or startup related to email marketing. I know we talked about a lot of it, but what's what's the final flow? What, what are you, you going to spit for us here, Matt?
1: I think that when people are building a startup, especially um, growing their list is something they do. After they've built their product and they say, okay, we've done development. Now it's time to start marketing. And what they need to do is start building their list the minute that they think they are going to become a company, right? You need to, as soon as you have a website or something up so you can start building your list, you need to start building your list because that is who is going to make you your money when you first start, right? Those are the people who are going to sign on. Good example is uh, Rand Fishkin from Moz, big in the SEO world, right? He started a company called SparkToro. They hadn't even figured out what exactly their product was going to do when they started their mailing list. They said, we're building this thing. Uh, It's based around the idea of audience intelligence, right? Where can we find audiences? Um, We don't know exactly how it's going to work yet. We don't know how much it's going to be. But if you're interested uh, in finding out about it, you know, sign up here kind of thing. And... I mean, he already had some pull because he had a pretty big audience on social media already, but they got somewhere in the neighborhood of 10,000 people to sign up before they had the product built. So guess what happened when they launched the product, right? Now they've got 10,000 people to market that product to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's great advice and as well, though. Like one of the things is, and did you have another comment? I'm sorry.
1: I was going to say there are literally hundreds of ways to build your mailing list. Um, and the, um, probably the, the greatest way to build your mailing list is just like, you know, the secret secret of email, right? Find something that your potential customers want, tell them that you have this thing. If they sign up for your email list and then email them that thing, that's how you get people on your list.
0: Yeah. I I think one of the things that, you know, in my own experience is, All right. So people, you're going to hear at your startup, you're going to hear, oh, you got to build the list. You got to get the email, you got to automate, you got to do this, you got to do that. I'd rather see you send a carefully uh, considerate and thought out and honestly personal email to certain clients or prospects than just blasting people. Like you could, people go numb. They quit paying attention. Um, It's the same way, uh, you know, think of it like, who, who did you recently unfollow on Facebook? it's someone that's just repeated repeatedly they're negative or like, I don't know, they're not offering yeah, they're any value or, or, or something. Right? You're just like, come on, I'm overhearing it. And you can quickly desensitize your people to that, you know, your, your, your list. And I think that so much of what you said is, is I mean, I, I really, actually, all of it's been spot on, but I mean, I'm going back to secret number one um, and, you know, like creating something to value, like have something to offer. I, I was a sales trainer, gosh, a long time ago. But one of the things was, is like, and the rule we had, if you're going to, if you're going to call someone to follow up, you have to have a reason to call. And that's kind of like the value. Now, um, there's a bi- there was a built-in uh, uh, option there. And it's if you had just talked to someone, you could always call to clarify. You could have a clarification call. Like, hey, I just, you know, I, I, thanks for coming by the store the other day. I really appreciated your time. You know, Some of our products, have, there's a lot to them. I gave you a lot of information. I just wanted to see if you had any questions or if there was anything I needed to clarify. Those same kind of approaches can be very effective. Like now it depends on where it's at and, and, and don't like, you got to have some kind of call to action. You got to have some kind of ask. It's the same way with social media posts. Really? No one engages with my posts. I'm like, did you ask them to? Right. You know, like, did you literally ask like, Hey, I'd love to hear your comments or something like that. And you might be really surprised with how many people will engage or take action on something. And then overall, just kind of track it and see what works. And, you know, like you don't have to have like machine learning and AI experience to track e- email success right. and some of it. And I, I think overall, just test, test, test.
1: You want an email you know, that's gonna Going to just knock the socks off of your subscriber list. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. And it's going to make sure that you keep getting emails delivered to the inbox. All of those things come from one email. All you got to do is send an email to your list and say, Hey guys, I just wanted to send a quick note to you and ask if there's anything that I could do to help you from Matt. Send. Right. And you know what? There's no (laughs) links in it. So it doesn't get spam filtered (laughs) because there's no links. It goes to the inbox people will reply to it. It's, it's the perfect email.
0: Yeah. I mean, I agree. And it's like I said, you're asking for some kind of reply or response, which is key and clutch. Well, Hey Matt, I think this was fun, man. I, I enjoyed talking about all this. I have like two pages of notes and you know, with that, I need to go cause I got to fix a few things, but I'll catch up with you next time. All right.
1: Nice. Thanks Matt.
0: Thanks.